Claire Sarah, our audience tonight is made up of true crime buffs, and that's your expertise. Claire Sarah, you are an expert in the Barbershop Quartet Murders, a mystery case that has intrigued the true crime world since those horrible deaths of 2010. Let's dive in deep, shall we? Spelled wrong? Naturally. You're listening to Expertise, spelled wrong, the podcast where the world's most expert experts discuss their areas of expertise expertly. Expert comedy writer Claire Sarah and expert comedy writer Dan O'Sullivan bring their expertise to other unrelated expertises. Dano, I cannot tell you how relieved as well as excited I was to be called to your podcast to shed some light on the hairy murders of the Barbershop Quartet of 2010-2011. Because they've been ignored. The world has ignored this as a prime case. I think the only thing the world has ignored more than the mysterious Barbershop Quartet murders is barbershop quartets in general. Quartetting, as we call it, um, is an art form that is joyful, harmonious, and admittedly annoying to a lot of people. As a man, Claire, as someone who frequents barbershops for haircuts, I have never found it annoying. You know, when I sit down for a short back and sides, if four people come by singing, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, in beautiful four-part harmony, Mm -hmm. how can I not love that? I'm getting... It's like dinner theater for the scalp. Here's what a lot of folks don't know, Dano. When a barbershop quartet surrounds your head as your hairs are being cut, the vibrations that are created from their harmony lift your follicles to the perfect cutting angle. I have sensed that without understanding that. When I've been encircled by the quartetters, I have always walked away with a better haircut. And now I understand why. It's where the saying, my hair stood on end comes from listeners your hair will stand on end when you hear the shocking details of the barbershop quartet murders claire interestingly four individual quartetters were murdered throughout the course of the year 2010 but they were not four members of the same quartet Mm -hmm. were they singers of the same position in various quartets was it seemingly random oh it was not random it was not random daniel that i can assure you and it was a tenor a bass a baritone and an unknown so these four dead barbershop singers could have gone on to create a quartet of their own. First of all, we're going to begin with Joe's Barber, yeah. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. Famous barbershop, famous for its fine flat top face. Yeah, you don't have to tell our listeners, Claire. Any true crime podcast follower knows about Coeur d'Alene and everything it represents, not least of which is those fine flat tops that Joe provides himself. Now, that's right. I am an intrigued onlooker, not a specialist, not an expert like you. Was Joe himself a member of a barbershop quartet, or did he merely provide a place for the singers to rehearse? Joe was controversial because he also sang bass. It was controversial because then there were only three of the quartet who were officially quartetting because Joe was barbering. Oh, oh. Oh, so singing and styling. He was a multi-talented man. His fine vibrato really caused some of the best haircuts uh, Coeur d'Alene has seen. Joe's barbershop was where the tenor went missing. So uh, Marty McFadden 
was our tenor player. Is there any correlation between the name McFadden and Joe's famous fades? Yes, there is. Uh, Marty sported the first famous fade. Mm-hmm. Is this the first clue into what may have happened? We don't even know who got killed first. <laughs> who was the first murder victim, Claire, here at Coeur d'Alene? Well, the, I, I'm saying the tenor, Marty McFadden was the first to go. So do you sense a little professional jealousy between these two master barbers and master singers? Dano, you have hit the nail on the head. So did Joe do it? Um, Is it it as simple as that? Have I solved the crime? Oh, I wish that Joe had done it. I really wish that Joe had bloody blood on his hands. But it was... um, it, it was Joe has an alibi. He was with three other singers at the time. Yes. Yeah. That's the uh-huh. trick. Every one of these murders mm-hmm. seems to have occurred with three alibis for every case. Alibi. Alibi. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's move on from Joe's Barbershop for one moment. Just hold that. Marty yeah. McFadden, tenor extraordinaire. I'm putting this down on my clue sheet. We're going to swing halfway across the country to Chi Town. Chi-Town, Illinois, the land of Lincoln. And linking these cases together is a barbershop on the corner of 14th and Avenue. (laughs) Down in the district, they called it. You didn't want to go down to the district if you were looking for razzle-dazzle, rooty-tootie barbershopping. Those boys sang old style. They sang old style. They cut old style. They sported old style. Now, um, at uh, rooty-tootie barbershop across the street... Um, hell's a poppin'. Wait, wait, wait. Is hell's a poppin' a verb in that sentence? At the Rudy Tootie Barbershop? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All yeah. Right. So hell's, hell was a poppin' at the Rudy Tootie Barbershop across the street in the district in Chi-Town. I'm starting to piece these together. I right? think I'm okay. seeing a pattern emerge, Claire. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to guide me to it. Well, sure. Do you think that there is some clue to be had to solving the murder of these four cases, only one of whom we've actually heard about so far? Well, let me take you to the third establishment, Daniel. Yeah. Oh, you're laying the groundwork for us beautifully. This third establishment, um, Flagler Beach, Florida. Oh, dear. All right. So we're spread out. Has anyone put pins in a map and connected them with strings? Because we've gone from Chi Town to Flagler Beach, of all places. And uh, where do we start off? At Coeur d'Alene at, in, in Idaho. Coeur yeah. So I hope someone has connected those with strings, because almost invariably that will help you solve the case. Well, here's the thing, Dano. I'm going to give. I'm going to jump ahead to the fourth place because we've got the three on the map with the strings. Okay. The fourth place is a little known town called Bones, Mississippi. All right, I'm putting in my fourth pin now, Claire. I'm connecting my string, and by God, it makes a perfect square. The four dots of a quartet, one might say. Yes. Wait just a second. Bones, I'm piecing this together. Bones starts with B. B equals baritone. Mm. Flagler starts with F. A, B, C, D, E, F is the sixth note of a musical scale divided by four, which is the number mm-hmm. of members of a quartet. Yes. Gives you yeah. two thirds, which could be, many people consider the tenor of a quartet to be two-thirds as valuable as the other members. All right. If you want to jump in and tell me if I'm on the right track. Dano, you've, you've veered off slightly because you got a little ahead of yourself, and that's perfectly fine. That's that's what um, the, true crime nerds, and yeah. I say that with a lot of I uh, guess that's disdain. me. <laughs> you know, your naivete is charming, but... What you have not even considered, Dano, is the customers that come in and out of each of those. Any one of whom could have had the motive, the opportunity, and the motive and the opportunity. But only one of whom had a car 
that could drive Route 66 from Coeur d'Alene to Chi-Town, yes. Illinois. To Bones, Mississippi, and back to Coeur d'Alene. B- Flagler Beach. It, b- via Coeur d'Alene. I'm, via Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, because that's what I cool. said. But you miss Flagler. Yeah, that's why I had to go back. Right. I'm drawing so it on my map. Guy, I can see it. It's There's a lot of zigzagging. He, <laughs> now, the zigzagging is starting to take on a pattern. Yes. Are you seeing this? This gentleman, then, um, I'm not naming names. But a customer. Um, his name was Ross McMahon. He first came to Coeur d'Alene to audition for the quartet. All right. So now we're getting somewhere. So this is an outsider who desperately wants to be part of the in crowd. And what is more in in a barbershop than the quartet? Now, what do we know about this unnamed McLean? Was that his name? Unnamed McLean. Did he have long hair when he arrived? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was um, fresh off the boat from Hairtown. So perhaps, posing as a customer who needs a haircut, he begins to infiltrate his first quartet. Could he sing? Oh, yeah, he could sing. And I'll tell you what, I interviewed this fellow myself. He's got his steely, steely cold eyes. You can just sense it. And here's the thing. You mentioned his steely eyes. I am not Mm -hmm. a detective. I am not a policeman. I am not a trained law enforcer of any type. I'm a dude on a podcast. But I do know one thing, which is sometimes you don't need facts. Sometimes you don't need evidence. Sometimes you just get a feeling from that cold, steely look in someone's eyes, and you know that's the guy. Dano, that's what came over me and why I made the citizen's arrest that really took my whole life in a a terrible, terrible turn. But still, in that moment, I was convinced that unnamed McLean was the man that nobody had been searching for the past 10 years regarding the barbershop quartet murders. Because at this point, nobody had actually been murdered. All, All we have evidence of so far is somebody driving a car from one barbershop to another in different cities with different lengths of hair at different times. But it is yeah, no. starting to add up. It's starting Come to feel mysterious. Come on. I mean, I think anybody can see. If you start taking that red string from Coeur d'Alene to Rudy Tooties in Illinois, to Flagler Beach, to Bones, Mississippi, yeah. back to Flagler, up yes. to... You get, a, you get a red arrow. A red arrow. Oh, I'm seeing it now on my map. And that red arrow is the very kind of near proof that indicates that a murder could have happened. Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you that unnamed McLean, who wanted to be a baritone singer in a barbershop quartet. Now, this is well-documented. Okay. All right. So now, even though no murder has yet been committed, we still have more clues about a potential murder that could be happening sometime. And because... Clearly a crazed madman driving uh, around. Who drives around the States going to four different barbershops that all have quartets. Claire, we've got to piece all these pieces together. We've got a man traveling the country. Yes. Apparently rubbing out members of a barbershop quartet at each barbershop he visits. And trying to insert himself into the quartet. Without being noticed. Right. Honestly, I see why the police are baffled. Well, okay, the one thing that I will give the police is that the the tenor at Joe's in Idaho did return. So, uh, so... So he hadn't been murdered. Well, okay, let's not make too much a big deal of this. Claire, could it be that you're a a hanger-on in the true crime world, that you're an outsider hoping to work your own way in, to find a coterie of friends in a world that you yourself don't understand but desperately want to belong to? Could it be that this is not a true crime case at all? That this is is merely a man auditioning for barbershop quartets as he travels around the country hoping to fulfill his own dream? And you've turned it in to this possibility that it's an unsolved murder. Dano, if you feel safe 
walking into a barbershop with a barbershop quartet singing with two baritones to get your hair cut. If you feel that you can let your wife and child sleep at night, knowing that in your neighborhood, there is my Clementine being sung discordantly. If you feel that you are safe while that is happening, well, that that's on your head. I, as a citizen, cannot rest while a steely-eyed, murder-faced, bald head is traveling the country. But accused of no crime. As of yet, which is, right. well, accused by me. Accused by me, Dano. And citizen arrested by you. Citizen arrested and, and citizen denied. He absolutely resisted arrest. Was there any citizen brutality involved? There was a citizen profanity. All right. So after that, obviously, citizen court. What was the citizen verdict? What did the citizen jury have to say? Uh, it was a hung jury. Is a, a citizen's jury, does that require 12 members or is it just you as the citizen's arrester? As long as you have a citizen, you have a jury. So, so that was that was a bit, that was a kerfuffle that we had in Bones where I first caught up with him. What is your relationship with No Name like today? Are you still in touch? Is he a free man? Dano, I am, I'm tailing him right now from my car. Oh, I was noticing the static in our connection here. Yeah. Where are you yeah. located, Claire? Or can you um, not give that away due to secretive purposes? I, well, I have my GPS on if you want to open up your computer and just find my my friends. I, I'll, I'll make myself available to you. Would you Would you be my friend? I, I do not need to be your friend. I can use the Maritime Network for this. I am. Um, I'm watching. Oh. Oh my gosh, he's pulling it? up. He is pulling up to a barbershop. <gasps> what is Clear- his hair status right now, Claire? Clearly, uh, he, uh, he's got about an inch of growth. So he could go in and ask for a haircut. He could go in and ask for a haircut. Keep he's, us posted. He's walking, he's walking in the door. Dano, I just saw him put, tuck something into his belt. Into his belt? Could it be a magazine to read in the waiting room? Claire, you better get in there. I'm, in, I'm going in undercover. Uh, All right, know, ladies on. and gentlemen. I'm- uh, podcast listeners, that's, that's Claire entered the barbershop wearing a bald wig, which has been ripped from her head, revealing her glorious locks. <sighs> and she's back in the car now. She snatched what turned out to be a copy of Newsweek magazine from No Name McFame. Uh, no Name McLean uh, does have a, a valid subscription to Newsweek, so we have I have ascertained that. Right. Um, Good citizens checking. I do have an update. I do have some news. Yeah. Um, I have an, an audition for the um, Clementines, which is oh. the female barbershop quartet that is going to be at the beauty salon next door to this barbershop We next are week. so proud of you, Claire. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast listeners, Claire and I have been having you on just a little bit. This was all Claire's attempt to get an audition with the Clementines. And she had attempted three or four times in other cities, and finally, it looks like she's been able to make that oh. dream come true. Claire, oh. congratulations. I can't believe it. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for doing this with me. Thank you for being a part of this. I just want to thank everybody who is listening. Yes. Um, I do apologize for some of the profanity. And-, and to our podcast listeners at home, if one of the members of the Clementines should happen to go missing, we'll know who to blame. Claire, Sarah, you are not an expert in the mysterious barbershop quartet murders because they never happened. We're all here to support you in your future endeavors. Best of luck to you, and thanks so much for being on the program. Can you sing us out? Expertise, spelled wrong, podcast is free. And, like the Amish, all are welcome. 
Be sure to sign up for our email announcements at funnypodcast.co and follow us in your favourite podcast app, like the expert podcast listener we know you are.